Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the book of Sioux folklore, written down by Charles Eastman. This is the second evening, and we will hear about being the loudest mouth in the pond. Okay, let's begin. The second evening. Again, the story hour has come and the good old wife of the legend-teller has made her humble home as warm and pleasant as may be in expectation of their guests. She is proud of her husband's honorable position as the village teacher and makes all the children welcome as they arrive with her bright-voiced and cheerful greeting. Han, Han, sit down, sit down. That is right. That is very right, my grandchild. Tonight the hummingbird has come, leading her small brother by the hand who stumbles along with his fringed leather leggings and handsomely beaded moccasins. His chubby, solemn face finished off with two long black braids tied with strips of otter skin. As he is inclined to be restless and to talk out of season, she keeps him close beside her. It is cold tonight, he pipes up suddenly when all is quiet. Why don't we listen to these stories in the warm summertime, elder sister? Hush, my little brother, Tanangala reproves him with a frightened look. Haven't you heard that if the old stories are told in summer, the snakes will creep up into our beds? She whispers fearfully. That is true, my granddaughter, assents the old man. Yet, we may tell a legend of summer days to comfort the heart of the small brother. The Frogs and the Crane In the heart of the woods there lay a cool green pond. The shores of the pond were set with ranks of tall bulrushes that waved crisply in the wind. And in the shallow bays there were fleets of broad water lily leaves. Among the rushes and reeds, in the quiet water, there dwelt a large tribe of frogs. One very warm night of the spring, the voices of the frogs arose in cheerful chorus. Some voices were low and deep, These were the oldest and wisest of the frogs. At least they were old enough to have learned wisdom. Some were high and shrill, and these were the voices of the little frogs, who did not like to be reminded of the days when they had tails and no legs. Crump, crump, I'm chief of this pond, croaked a very large bullfrog, sitting in the shade of a water lily leaf. Crump, crump. I'm chief of this pond, replied a hoarse voice from the opposite bank. Kerump, kerump, I'm chief of this pond, boasted a third old frog from the furthest shore of the pond. Now a long-legged white crane was standing nearby, well hidden by the coarse grass that grew at the water's edge. He was very hungry that evening, and when he heard the deep voice of the first bullfrog, He stepped briskly up to him and made a quick pass under the broad leaf with his long, cruel bill. The old frog gave a frightened croak and kicked violently in his efforts to get away. While over the quiet pond, splash, splash, went the startled little frogs into deep water. The crane almost had him, 
when something cold and slimy wound itself around one of his legs. He drew back for a second, and the frog got away safely. But the crane did not lose his dinner after all, for about his leg was curled a large black water snake, and that made for a fine meal. Now he rested a while on one leg and listened. The first frog was silent, but from the opposite bank, the second frog croaked boastfully, Currump, currump, I'm the chief of this pond. The crane began to be hungry again. He went round the pond without making any noise and pounced upon the second frog, who was sitting up in plain sight, swelling his chest with pride, for he really thought now that he was the sole chief of the pond. The crane's head and most of his long neck disappeared under the water, and all over the pond the little frogs went splash, splash, into the deepest holes to be out of the way. Just as he had the frog by his hind leg, the crane saw something that made him let go, flap his broad wings and fly awkwardly away to the furthest shore. It was a mink, with his slender brown body and wicked eyes, and he had crept very close to the crane, hoping to seize him at his meal. So the second frog got away too, but he was so dreadfully frightened that he never spoke again. After a long time, the crane got over his fright, and he became very hungry once more. The pond had been still so long that many of the frogs were singing their pleasant chorus, and above them all boomed the deep voice of the third and last bullfrog, saying, Currump, I'm the chief of this pond. The crane stood not far from the boaster, and he was determined to silence him once and for all. The next time he began to speak, he had barely said, Crump, when the crane had him by the leg. He croaked and struggled in vain, and in another moment he would have gone down the crane's long throat. But just then a fox crept up behind the crane and seized him. The crane let go of the frog and was carried off screaming into the woods for the fox's supper. So the third frog got away, but he was badly injured by Crane's strong bill, and he never dared to open his mouth again. It is not a wise thing to boast too loudly. The End uh, I love how the crane is trying to be sneaky, but things just keep going wrong for him. This is only the second night, but I'm falling in love with this book and these stories. And the podcast shoutout is to Legendary Africa. Hosted by my dear friend Thashira, this podcast tells stories from various African cultures and is full of lovely sound effects created by her assistant Squirt. It's wonderful storytelling and massively underheard stories in the English-speaking world. I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I do. And if you do, go and give her a like, a rating, and a review. And the listener shout-out is to St. Heliers in Jersey. St. Heliers is 100% of my listeners in Jersey, and it's also the capital of Jersey, the largest of the Channel Islands in the English Channel. St. Helier has a population of about 35,000, almost 36,000, and it's over one-third of the total population of Jersey, and is one of the 12 parishes of Jersey. The town of St. Helier is the largest settlement and only town in Jersey. 
This island is famous for its fishermen, who wear warm, light-knit sweaters, which gives us the modern word jersey, meaning a sports top. And so to the island that speaks English, French, and Norman, I chose Norman, I say, merci et buone nuit. Thank you, and good night.